I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We start NFL Live with a developing story out of Seattle. Adam Schefter here. What can you tell us, Adam? Well, Hannah, earlier today, the Seattle Seahawks reached agreement with Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator, on a six-year contract. The deal is done. He will be the Seattle Seahawks' next head coach. And essentially, they will go from having the oldest coach in the league to having the youngest coach in the league. McDonald was quite popular on the head coaching interview tour. He interviewed very well in Tennessee, Carolina, where he was a finalist for the job. He was a finalist, obviously, in Seattle. The Seahawks were willing to hold off their search until after Baltimore season ended, whenever that was, even if it meant the Ravens going to the Super Bowl. But they lost on Sunday. They spoke with them yesterday. Flew to Seattle today. Washington also reached out. He spoke to them. But obviously, Mike McDonald made the decision to go to Seattle and now become the youngest head coach in the NFL. And of course, now that leaves just one opening. Adam, back to you in a bit for more on the Commanders. But we have the pleasure of visiting with Damian Woody and Andrew mm -hmm. Hawkins today. Uh, Dewa, how do you like this? Youngest head coach in the NFL, brilliant young defensive mind. Do you like the fit? Yeah, and I love the fit for a variety of reasons. Number one, you look at the Seattle Seahawks defense, they've invested a lot of resources, whether it be draft picks or, or trades, to really upgrade that unit. And now you bring in a young, you know, defensive mastermind in Mike McDonald. And we saw the work that he put in with the Baltimore Ravens. They were very, they were historic defense this past year. And so I think the fit really works in their favor. And then also, on the, also from this angle here, Hannah, Look at the division that they're in in the NFC West. You got the Los Angeles Rams with Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay. You got obviously you got the San Francisco 49ers who, go, who are on their way to the Super Bowl. That right there, you, you need to have a defensive mindset to kind of offset what you got going on in the NFC West right now. So I really like the fit. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, you talked about this being a defensive-minded organization, and you have someone who, A, comes from a first-class organization going to another first-class organization, one that has been a model of consistency in the NFC, which is very important, and it's a culture that they like. So much so that when they decided to part ways with Pete Carroll, he stayed on as an advisor. And you don't do that for someone you're trying to truly, truly turn the page on. Also, to, to Woody's point, when it comes to defending these teams that are in this division, you look at what McDonald's defenses did against offenses who run that system. You look at the Texans both times they played them, the 49ers, they've had success against the Bengals, the Dolphins, even the Lions who run some variation of it were held to six points. So if you're going to go defensive-minded head coach in this day and age, it better be one who can stop that Shanahan tree system. Otherwise, you're probably wasting your time. So I think this is an incredible hire. All right, I want to go back to a point that you just made. Pete Carroll, at least for the time being, D. Woody, is still <laughs> sitting there as an advisor <laughs> in the Hawks organization. If you're McDonald coming in, how does that sit with you? Yeah, listen, Hannah, personally, I, you know, I don't know how comfortable I would be having 
having a legend. And Pete Carroll is a legend in, in Seattle for everything he's done up there. But listen, Mike McDonald, young coach, he's had he has everything in front of him. He's done such a fantastic job with a first class organization in the Baltimore Ravens. And so listen, I might pers I might not personally like it, but I think, you know, Mike McDonald, I don't think his ego is gonna allow him to feel any type of way with Pete Carroll being in an advisory role. Certainly some young head coaches have really advised from having their older and wiser counterparts around. So that's the best case scenario. But let's talk about the other side of the ball, Hawk. Mm -hmm. What do they need to address immediately in terms of their offense? I mean, it's immensely important that he makes sure he chooses the right offensive coordinator, number one. But what is their question at quarterback? I mean, if you look up at most of the openings from this year, they are teams that don't have quarterbacks. Or even the ones that, you know, were rumored to maybe making a move where typically they didn't have the player they needed at the quarterback position. So I think Geno Smith has been incredible. Do I know if he's a long-term answer? I don't. That'll be one of the first questions that Mike McDonald has to come through and figure out. And if he's not, what is your plan to getting your guy for the future? future that will elongate your tenure uh, hopefully as much as it did for Pete Carroll. Well, we shall see how this all plays out. A lot of work to do. Eighth Ravens defensive coordinator in team history and the fifth to become an NFL head coach. So that is settled something that is not settled and that would be the situation now in Washington as we take a look at this group of new head coaches that have filled vacancies so far and we see that lone job there down at the bottom we know Jim Harbaugh is going to be introduced by the way tomorrow with the Chargers and then there was one Adam so what's the latest in our nation's capital. Well, Hannah, the Washington Commanders have cast a wide net, and obviously they were supposed to talk to Ben Johnson. He canceled on them while they were en route to Detroit yesterday. They didn't get the chance to speak with him. Obviously, Bobby Slowick decided to remain in Houston on a contract extension. Today, Mike McDonald, McDonald who also is a candidate for the Washington job, opted for the Seattle head coaching job. And so that leaves you right now with three known candidates in Washington. Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator, Anthony Weaver, the Baltimore Ravens assistant head coach, and Aaron Glenn, the Lions defensive coordinator. Mm. Those are the guys who really are still out there and in play. Eric Bianning was the offensive coordinator there last year. Don't see him uh, being in the mix for the head coaching job. The team also could decide, hey, we're the last team now to have an opening. Do we want to go consider anybody else? Is that even possible? That's also an option. They're having discussions this afternoon because really you'd like to get an assistant coaching staff in place, but there's no rush right now. There's nobody they're competing with for a head coach anymore. So you might as well take the time that you need to make the best possible decision on an organization that already was quick out of the gate to hire Adam Peters as mm. its general manager. They struck early and fast. That was the guy they wanted. They got their general manager. So there's no need to rush into a decision at head coach until they feel like they're entirely comfortable, which they haven't been to date. They've already assembled that very unusual search committee. They've said they're going to go about it differently than others, and they're taking their time. But of those available names, we didn't see Bill Belichick, right? We didn't see the aforementioned Pete Carroll. I didn't see Mike Vrabel on that list. Guys, ideally, <laughs> who would you like to see coach that team, Hawk? 
I got to go with Mike Vrabel. I mean, when you look at what Mike Vrabel was able to do for the Tennessee Titans and establishing a culture. Now, I get that in the end, he probably saw things differently than the GM they put in place. And that will be important now that the commanders have their GM in place. But Mike Vrabel is an incredible coach. I think we all kind of sat back and said, wow, this was a dumb move by the Tennessee Titans when they let go of him because we think so highly of him. And we thought that uh, his recruiting would be long and extensive. Here is the commanders. They have no one that they've fallen in love with. Mike Vrabel is still available. To me, it makes it's a no-brainer, to be, to be completely honest. Well, Hannah, I hate to sound biased here because Mike Vrabel was my former teammate in New England, <laughs> but I think Mike Vrabel would be fantastic myself. I think Mike Vrabel is one of the smartest, best leaders that we out have out here. Hannah, when you when you put when you guys put up that list of coaches, you know, it, it's funny because all those guys were defensive coordinators. All of those guys. So I know in the era of offense that we're in, it's all about who is the best leader of men. Who are the guys that can that can galvanize an organization or lead a group of men out there? And to me, Mike Vrabel to be at the top of the top of the list as far as guys who can come in and build a program, you know, change a culture. Yeah, they're going to have a high draft pick. They're actually going to have a lot to work with. And by the way, Adam Peters, the GM, he used to be a scout for the Patriots, as you know, D. Woody. He was there with Rabel and under Belichick for six years. It all comes back to the Pats, doesn't it, D. Wood? Somehow. I don't know. Yeah. All right, guys. (laughs) Always. We'll be right back. Uh, Despite being one of the brightest minds in football, Kyle Shanahan has yet to secure a Super Bowl. Find out why this year's team might bring home that trophy because of one player. And after yet another early playoff exit for a promising Cowboys team, what needs to be among their starred priorities for the offseason? Hear what Hawk says coming up. NFL Live is brought to you by FX's Feud, Capote versus the Swans, premieres tonight at 10 on FX, stream on Hulu. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to 
to NFL Live kick off your Super Bowl Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific with a special four-hour postseason NFL countdown. And then after the game, NFL prime time with Boomer and Booger live from the field with all the highlights and post-game interviews. Meanwhile, helping to fill in that football gap this week is the Senior Bowl. Boy, we've seen some talented quarterbacks take part in the Senior Bowl of the active QBs. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott all attended the Senior Bowl. Historically, guys like Dan Marino, Brett Favre, Terry Bradshaw were there as well. Our crew led by Matt Barry is down in Mobile this week, and they break down some of the top quarterbacks we're going to see in the upcoming draft. Day two of practice in the books here in Mobile, Alabama. Reese's Senior Bowl, 75th plane of an event that this year includes juniors here at Hancock Whitney Stadium. Lewis Riddick, Mike Tannenbaum, Field Yates, and Matt Barry. Sun's out, sunglasses on, mm. and typically a lot of this conversation reserved for the stars and the way that the NFL is nowadays, the stars are the quarterbacks. Seven of them participating this week in the Senior Bowl field. I'll start with you. Of the seven, which one stood out to you today? Another solid day here for Oregon's Bo Nix. Obviously had an incredible season this past year, and the book on Bo is Accuracy. Had the single season completion percentage mark set this past year for the Ducks, and the ball placement was terrific for much of the day today. And remember, the entire rosters here, but specifically the quarterbacks, are learning an entirely new playbook, and it's their job as the quarterbacks to not just learn this playbook, but also relay play calls in the huddle to a team of 10 unfamiliar teammates. I thought the operation was smooth with Bo Nix, and certainly that accuracy stands out as it should during this process. And he's a player that you believe can work his way into the first round. I certainly do. I think that we're going to maybe see five or even six quarterbacks in the first round by the time we get to April 20th. That is unbelievable. And of the 10 quarterbacks in the draft projections, five of them are participating here this week. Mike Tannenbaum, who is it for you? Carter Bradley. This has been a home game for him this week from University of South Alabama. Had a really good season, 2,600 yards, 19 touchdowns, son of Gus Bradley, longtime NFL head coach. And what I wanted to see was really more the intangibles of, like, breaking the huddle and really conducting an offense that he was unfamiliar with stepping up in class. And he really acquitted himself quite well. I think he has a chance with a high ceiling, probably mid-round pick, but really did well today. And they talk about Carter Bradley coming in the arm strength. We saw that on display. Well, it was a pretty breezy day out here in Mobile. Lewis, who gets your quarterback? Yeah, it'll be Spencer Rattler for me. And I think, look, when we saw him at South Carolina this year and talking to his coaches down there, they said that he, they, many people think that they think that he is misunderstood by many people in terms of his maturity and his leadership. And look, because he played on a team this year that was devoid of talent. Well, I shouldn't say devoid of talent. They were beat up along the offensive line. They had some people missing at wide receiver. And so he wasn't really able to show his best stuff. Well, he's showing some of his best stuff here in terms of his accuracy, his command in the huddle, his movement in the pocket, his ability to reach all three levels of the field. I think he's one of those guys. He also goes to the right place, Matt. Sure. Gets with the right kind of quarterback, coach, offensive coordinator, protection, weaponry, everything that every other quarterback needs. He's infinitely gifted. He just needs to get to the right place to help develop him. He was a guy back in Oklahoma. A lot of people projected him as a top 10 pick. Will he get that? No, but he has an opportunity to move up boards this week. Look, another day for Michael Pratt, Joe Milton, some of the other quarterbacks, Sam Hartman and Michael Pettix Jr. to show themselves before this game. But that'll wrap up day two. We'll be back tomorrow. Reese's Senior Bowl here in Mobile, Alabama.
Thanks, Maddie. You can catch more coverage of the Senior Bowl practice with Matt and the gang tomorrow morning, 1030 Eastern on ESPN2. As we welcome you back to NFL Live, Niners head coach Kyle Shanahan looking for his first Super Bowl title in Las Vegas. His last two Super Bowl appearances ended in heartbreak. And, well, I hate to do this to you, Atlanta Falcons fans, but here we go. Hawk. Super Bowl 51 against New England, blowing the largest lead in Super Bowl history. What happened in that one? Oh, what everything that could go wrong went wrong at the most inopportune time. It was like they couldn't buy a first down to save their life. They threw the ball entirely too much down the stretch. And on defense, it seemed like Julian Edelman, Tom Brady, that running game was clicking on all cylinders, and we all know the result. Kyle Shanahan was on that staff, and then he was head coach when this happened four years ago. D. Woody and, man, a 10-point lead frittered away. What happened here? Yeah, you saw the – obviously, you saw the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, but it just seemed like that the 49ers offense didn't have the adjustments, you know, in this game. And we've, said, we've made that criticism about Kyle Shanahan before – it's the lack of adjustments in order to continue to preserve and ultimately win these games. That's what's going to be really, really interesting to see from Kyle Shanahan as we move forward into the Super Bowl. Yeah, especially with these exact same two teams playing again. And what makes this so interesting, and Hawk, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, is the fact that mm -hmm. in the playoffs, we've actually seen the Niners coming from behind after those first halves where they did not execute to their potential. Do you think this Niners team is set up to, I guess, not do what those past Shanahan teams did and hold on to a lead should they get it? I, I absolutely do. The best teams play their best late in the game. And when you even look at the highlights that we just showed of Kyle Shanahan's previous matchups, he was going against Tom Brady, he was going against Patrick Mahomes, the two best players in NFL history late in games. Well, now... I do think it gets better because they do have a guy at the quarterback position. Say what you want about Brock Purdy, but when they need him to play great late in games, he's done that, and he's put it on display against the Detroit Lions, against the Green Bay Packers. Even if you go back to their first loss uh, of the season, the big loss, we kind of started squinting our eyes against the Browns. He played terrible, but when they needed a drive at the end of the game, he looked like Patrick Mahomes. And so if they get in a scenario this game where they go up and they have to hold a lead. They now have a quarterback at the position who can make the plays necessary to come away with a win. Yeah, listen, Hannah. For me, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the flip side of it as far as I think this Kyle Shanahan and the 49 need to kind of do a little study about how they how they're starting these games. Go back to the divisional round against the uh, Green Bay Packers and how they were able to run the ball up and down the field in the first half. Last week against, you know, this past uh, Sunday against the Detroit Lions where they were just getting gashed, you know, in the first half with the Lions rushing from like 150 yards in the first half. Those type of adjustments, they, they need to come out of the gates fast because guess what? When you're facing a solid assassin and number 15 in Patrick Mahomes, the last place you want to be is trying to come back from behind. I know Brock Purdy has, you know, late in the game, mm -hmm. has done his thing, but I wouldn't want that going up against Patrick Mahomes, I can tell you that. I tell you what, those two Super Bowl teams we talked about and these two playoff games, none of those teams have put together four solid quarters of football 
Obviously, that's what it's going to take to beat the defending champs. And by the way, fellas, I want you to take a look at this. This was uh, Travis Kelsey earlier today on Pat McAfee. Take a listen. Hey, how are you? Hey, Justin Tucker was going to beat your ass, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to beat your ass. You know that. Hey, Pat, he's going to beat your I'll, ass. I'll tell you, but Pat, me and me and Patrick were on the sideline in the fourth quarter when Tucker had that chance to cut the lead to one score. If he would have missed that field goal, we were 100% getting a 15-yard flag. But of course, <laughs> of course he made it. Of course. He can't let us have any fun. Yeah. yeah. Have any fun, man. Yeah, and of course. We were always 1,000% getting flagged for that one. Could you too. imagine you two sprinting on the field? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love everything about that, fellas, it, it, especially the fact that, you know, here's Travis Kelsey on Pat McAfee and then uh, Patrick Mahomes pops his face in there. Hawk? Yeah, no, I mean, that that's why people love uh, Kelsey and Mahomes together because they are superstars. They are a dynasty, but they have a relatability to them that is just different. And it actually frustrates teams because they still can't stop them. Yeah, you know what, Hope, man? The thing is, like, those guys will give you the smoke all game long, but they never get penalized for giving you the smoke. They always <laughs> bait everybody else into stupid penalties. One of these days, someone's going to learn from that. So funny <laughs> seeing those guys tossing his equipment off the field. And, you know, that relationship is really cool, right? It goes beyond football. There's so much friendship and trust there, and it really does manifest itself on the field. But that was a great moment. All right, guys, still to come. The Bengals would certainly love to keep T. Higgins. Uh, but could contract negotiations see him actually leaving Cincinnati? And D. Woody has a landing spot in mind that he says makes too much sense. You don't want to miss it. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's Whiteout Wednesday on NFL Live. So let's dive into some off-season receiver storylines with Adam Schefter. Big questions on the horizon, Adam. Starting with the Vikings' Justin Jefferson. What's the situation there? Well, Hannah, you'll remember last season, heading into the season, he turned down a massive new extension, and the expectation is that at some point this offseason that a new deal 
for Justin Jefferson will get done. That will make him, I would expect, the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, highest paid receiver in football history. That deal, I think, will get done. It will be a primary focus for the Vikings and something that Jefferson wants as well. It will set the market. And then, of course, you'll have Mike Evans, who also is scheduled to become a free agent in March. He asked for a trade this past summer, didn't get it. And the Buccaneers held on to him where he had a very productive season. The question is, will he provide more valuable, more value to a team that's out there, or is he better off back in Tampa? He'll see what his options are. Another wide receiver on an expiring contract set to become a free agent is the Indianapolis Colts wide receiver, Michael Pittman was coming off a tremendous season where he was the top target for Gardner Minshew, highly productive. You remember the Colts re-signed Jonathan Taylor during the offseason. They did that knowing that their wide receiver target next would be Michael Pittman. And of course, there is the talented wide receiver in Cincinnati, T. Higgins, who's scheduled to be a free agent in March. The Bengals prioritized keeping him in the last year of his deal. They always could place the franchise tag on him. But you also have to wonder, will there be a team out there, say the Tennessee Titans, with their new head coach, Brian Callahan, who <laughs> used to be the Bengals' offensive coordinator, who's in need of a wide receiver that might want to prioritize trying to get T. Higgins out of Cincinnati. The Bengals would love to keep him, but they're going to be limited in what they can do to keep him. And so the question is, where will T. Higgins find the richest deal this offseason. Now, Adam was not at our production meeting today, but I must say <laughs> that he is echoing the thoughts of one of our experts here. When the Bengals have Joe Burrow back in the fold, he's been just as effective in his career, throwing to T. Higgins as he has to his college teammate, Jamar Chase. Higgins actually averages a little more yards per reception. Their yards per target is a near dead heat. Actually having them both on the field obviously makes things better for or the other. So, Hawk, we were reminiscing in the aforementioned production meeting about your time in Cincinnati. Uh, you did end up leaving the Bengals, but you know, T. Higgins could have some choices here, some options. And one of those options the team may present is, you know what, how about that hometown discount? Uh, how do you see it from Higgins' perspective? Now, I, I would never be a proponent of telling any player to take the hometown discount. Get your money. But if all things are equal, if I was able to talk to T. Higgins, my advice to him would be, yes, there are going to be contracts that are bigger. But if the Cincinnati Bengals get close to that number, maybe not being able to get it, I would say there was still should be a long consideration because typically we know the Bengals are going to offer less than what the max offer is going to be on the market. But at the same time, one thing that everybody understood when I was playing was that if you signed a contract with the Bengals and they saw you worth a certain thing at one point, no matter what happened for the tenure of that contract, they are more than likely to keep paying you at that rate because they see you there. So players typically see longer portions of the contract they sign in those moments than they do other places. So you kind of think long term as opposed mm -hmm. to short term to where if you don't, you know, go somewhere and perform to another team standard, they're going to cut you the first opportunity they get. Right, so you're thinking about security and weighing that against short-term gains. So, uh, D. Woody had to laugh when Adam Schefter was talking because the question <laughs> we're going to pose to you is, what's the perfect place for Higgins if he leads Cincinnati? And it is? Yeah, it's the Tennessee Titans, right? You got, you know, the former offensive coordinator from the Cincinnati Bengals becoming the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. And what do coaches like to do when they come to new organizations? They like to bring, bring a piece. 
you know, from their former employer. And so, you know, when you talk about trying to implement a culture or things that you want to do, why not bring, you know, a guy like T. Higgins, who's been very successful in that offense, that they're going to probably run down there with the Titans. So it makes too much sense that if, you know, once we get to free agency, why not bring a piece over to the Tennessee to pair with Traylon Burks, their former first-round pick at wide receiver as well? Absolutely. It's the ultimate leverage point for T. Higgins, right? Like, you know you have an offensive coordinator who got to study him every day, day in, day out, in practice, see the impact that he had in games. So for the Cincinnati Bengals, as they're having these conversations, they're absolutely expecting the Tennessee Titans to be a suitor. And T. Higgins has to use that to his advantage no matter which route he ultimately wants to take. Who's going to throw him the football, though? That's what I want to know. Will Levis, Malik Willis. I don't know. I guess to be determined, they also need offensive line help but that's that's a whole nother story they need a lot of help all right fellas uh coming up on nfl live the d in dallas stands for drama you don't want to miss the cryptic comments that jerry jones made about his star quarterback yesterday Ooh, that's coming up next This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Pro Bowl games back in Orlando. The first of six events of the skills competition are tomorrow at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on ESPN. And the final four events are Sunday starting at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific. It all culminates with a 7-on-7 flag football game with Peyton and Eli back to coach the AFC and NFC teams. And before you get to see all the stars in that game, here's Chris Berman with some of their best performances of the season. The Pro Bowl games are upon us, and we thought we'd take a look at some of the best and the brightest from the NFL and what they had to offer in this fun season of 2023. Now, it's hard to squeeze everybody in, and we also know the Chiefs and Niners have another game to play, but just about all these guys are going to the Pro Bowl games. Here we go with our fastest three minutes, and enjoy what you're going to see. AFC quarterbacks, we start with Tua. Dua led the league in passing yards. Tyreek Hill led the league in receiving yards. Dolphins. Lamar Jackson, Ravens, presumed MVP, was Houdini so many times. Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, Chiefs. Maybe the player of the year, it didn't count. It's worth seeing anyway. NFC, Brock Purdy leads the charge, thanks in part to his tight end of the Niners, George Kittle. 
Dak Prescott led the NFL with 36 touchdown passes. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, Lamb caught 135 to lead the league. Matthew Stafford Rams. Puka Nakua setting all sorts of rookie records receiving. Christian McCaffrey got blocking like this from Trent Williams. And fullback Kyle Juszczyk to amass over 2,000 all-purpose yards. Raheem Mostert. 18 rushing touchdowns for Miami, tops in the league. James Cook was hardly a short order cook for the Bills, over 1,000 yards, thanks in part to blocks like this from Deion Dawkins at tackle. Derrick Henry, second in rushing behind McCaffrey. Always look out if this big Titan is heading your way. The brotherly shove, Jason Kelsey, Landon Dickerson, Lane Johnson, all going on the offensive line. Billy. As our offensive lineman, Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney, Kansas City Chiefs opening up big holes for the running game all year. Deron Bland, Dallas, five pick sixes, NFL record. How about this burst of speed for the Niners? Charvarius Ward, high stepping into the end zone. For Atlanta, safety Jesse Bates was a big free agent pickup. This is a pick six. Starting at the AFC for corners of Patrick Sertan and Sauce Gardner. Kyle Hamilton laid the lumber and had pick sixes for Baltimore. T.J. Watt again led the league in sacks with 19. He's done it three times. Miles Garrett, one-man wrecking crew, Cleveland. Max Crosby was a game record. Khalil Mack, Chargers, six sacks in a game. The other Josh Allen, the Jags, 17 and a half sacks. Aaron Donald, the play is over. Micah Parsons, Dallas, 14 sacks. How about Montez Sweaty led both the Commanders and the Bears in sacks. Aiden Hutchinson, look ma, one hand. In the middle for the Ravens, look ma, one hand, Roquan Smith. Fred Warner, leaping tall buildings with a single bound for San Francisco. Miles Killebrew, special teams ace, Pittsburgh. And Saints returner, Rashid Shaheed. Not a lot of punt returns this year. He certainly had this one. Enjoy the Pro Bowl games, everyone. Thanks, Boom. Well, Dak was named to the Pro Bowl, but the Cowboys had another excruciating early playoff exit, and they have some work to do this offseason. They are projected to be nearly $23 million over the cap, with Prescott set to have a cap figure of nearly $60 million. And they have big-name free agents, including left tackle Tyron Smith and running back Tony Pollard. Now, Jerry Jones had a lot to say yesterday, as usual, including his thoughts on Dak Prescott's future. Dak has done nothing to change my mind on uh, any uh, promise for the future. I think I said in the deal that we'd go as far as Dak takes us right. in the playoffs. Remember that? Right. We'd go as far as Dak takes us. Right. And that's how far we went. Oh, right. So, okay, so my point is that doesn't change a thing. Okay. We'll go as far as Dak takes us. We'll be going all in. We've seen some things uh, uh, out of some of the players that we want to be all in on. And uh, yes, I would say that you will see us uh, 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 this coming year not building for the future. It's the best way I don't say it. I mean, that ought to answer a lot of questions. Okay, 
Uh, fellas, Adam, obviously we have to start mm. with you. I would never ask you to translate Jerry speak. Uh, however, I would ask you, what is the contract situation as we know it? Well, with Dak Prescott, Hannah, Dak Prescott has got the leverage. He's got a no trade clause in his contract. They can't tag him. He's scheduled to count for $59 million against their cap this offseason or next season. And so if Dallas wants to have the kind of all-in year that Jerry's talking about, you're going to want to lower Dak's cap number this year and need his help and cooperation to do it before he is scheduled to become a true unrestricted free agent a year from now. So really, it gives, in my mind, Dak a lot of leverage and it leaves the Cowboys in a situation where they need Dak to work with them. And Dak's coming off a game where obviously he struggled in the playoffs. Didn't go as well as he wanted. And there Jerry Jones is talking about Dak taking us as far as he will. This team will go as far as Dak takes us. Well, he took them this year into that round where they lost to the Green Bay Packers in the divisional playoff round at home. So I don't know exactly what Jerry meant by that. I'm not going to try to figure it out. Right. I do know that when you look at it, Dak is in a position of power, whether the Cowboys like it or not. Yeah, that line really caught my mm -hmm. attention as well, given that they've never been past the divisional round with Dak. And he's 2-5 and five in the playoffs. But apparently, Jerry, once again, looking ahead, Hawk, how should Dak play this? I, I, I mean... I'm more worried about how Jerry Jones is playing it because to Adam's point, Dak has every piece of the leverage. If I needed my mom to give me permission to go out with my friends, I was taking out the trash can. I was having the best manners you could you could imagine. I'm doing anything to get in her good graces. And here is Jerry Jones speaking about Dak like he doesn't have all the cards playing in his favor. And if you're going to take that uh, sentiment and take that tone with about what Dak Prescott means to this team and this organization, why should he do anything to help the team? Right. If I'm him, I'm making sure that whatever we come to an agreement on is 110 percent pointed in my direction and in my favor. Man, if I'm Dak, I'm sitting across that table. I'm writing a number on the check and I'm sliding it over like here's my here's my offer. Here, here it is. That's my number right there because Shefty laid it out. He has everything. The Dallas Cowboys can't do anything moving forward. Like, he has all the leverage right here. So, it, like I said, it's great to be Dak Prescott right now. I know he's coming off of that loss against the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round, but that doesn't change the leverage that he has over this whole organization. Wait, D. Woody, if you're hearing all in, right, from Jerry and your Mike McCarthy, who apparently oh. could have a, a short runway here, what are you thinking? Listen, I'm a lame duck coach, and I'm hearing my owner say, we're all in. I'm like, thank you. Like, that's exactly what I want to hear. Because if we go ahead and get Dak taken care of, get his cap num number lowered, and some other things happen contractually with some other players, we can continue to stack this thing up and really go for it. We haven't heard Jerry Jones talk like this. He didn't talk like this last year. He had more of a longer-term view. This year, I think because of, obviously, the disappointing season and the fan sentiment, you, this is what you're hearing. We're going going for the gusto right here, right now in 2024. Shefty? If Dak says, um, I want to become a free agent after this year, 
Cowboys ain't going for nothing this year, okay? <laughs> they ain't going for nothing this year if Dak says, I want to be a free agent after this season because they'll have his $59-plus-million-dollar cap figure sitting on their books, and they're going to be all jammed up. So, really, Dak <laughs> determines how active this team will and won't be this offseason by how willing he is or isn't to redo a deal with Dallas. This is the, some of the powers and some of the levers that Dallas has granted to him over the years of doing contract extensions with Dak. And, and that's exactly the point that needs to be made, Adam, is that they need to be laying out scenarios to convince Dak of what the future looks like. And not only that, you're not going to get a better quarterback from Dak in the free agent market. It's impossible. I am telling you that nope. now. Dak Prescott led the league in touchdown passes. Say what you want about his playoff performances. He is the best. Quarterbacks like that don't hit the free market. You will send the mm -hmm. entire league into a frenzy because double-digit teams will be backing up the Brinks truck and right. smoozing him to try to get him for his services. So I don't know the angle Jerry Jones is playing. You don't have the ability to go all in. And Dak Prescott is the one who should be fielding uh, the offers from you about how you should be making him feel a lot more fuzzier inside than you, you currently are. And one more time, if Dak says, I want to become a free agent next offseason, and he decides that he doesn't want to resign with Dallas and he wants to, I'm just wondering out loud with everybody on the set, what is Dallas's <laughs> idea for a replacement quarterback in 2025? Cooper Rush? Gardner Minshew? <laughs> Who are they bringing in? They drafting somebody this year. What are they doing? In 20, Trey Lance? Trey Lance is taking over in 2025? I can't. I can't. They are just Oof. the gift that keeps on giving. And mm. then, I mean, let's not forget CeeDee Lamb is going to want an extension. What about Micah Parsons? I mean, there's, you know, there's other people on that team Ooh. as well. Show All them right, the money, guys. Anna. Show yeah. them the money. Show me the money. Heard that one before. <laughs> All right. Still ahead with Mike McDonald taking his talents to Seattle. Could we see Baltimore's historic defense actually take a step back? We'll discuss why this offseason could be massive for the Ravens' future. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just really love my sport and the game I play. What do we do? Hit him, man! What do we do? Let's play! My name's Kilola Westerland, and I am a wide receiver and a DB. 
I was training for volleyball, and my coach told me about a flag tryout. Something in my mind just kept telling me to go, and I ended up loving it. She's just a showstopper. She makes incredible plays. She's always on the highlight reels. My message to the younger girls is to have no fear. Go out there and ball out and just play your game. I love that. With NFL Flag, there's a position for everyone, as there should be. To find a league near you, visit NFLflag.com. Catch your favorite NFL stars, by the way, on the flag field at the Pro Bowl games right here on ESPN Sunday, February 4th. All right, let's get Shefty back in here for our top stories. Only one coaching opening left, and let's start right there in our nation's capital, Shefty. Well, Hannah, commanders are last but not least, and they obviously have spoken with the Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, the Ravens assistant head coach Anthony Weaver. Those are the three known finalists. It's also possible that they are the last team to have an opening, that there's no rush to make a move here, that they can regroup, see if there's any other candidates that they want to talk to. We'll see how that unfolds here moving forward, but they're in a spot here where they don't have to rush to do anything. The Baltimore Ravens lose their defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, to the Seattle Seahawks, who hire him as their head coach. And with that one move, poof, a six-year agreement, the Seattle Seahawks go from having the oldest head coach in the league in Pete Carroll to now having the youngest head coach in the league in Mike McDonald. The Ravens now have an opening at the defensive coordinator position. They have a few candidates on staff. Anthony Weaver, if he doesn't get the Washington head coaching job, would be in play. Denard Wilson, their defensive backs coach, who's interviewed for multiple defensive coordinator jobs, and their linebacker coach, Zach Orr, all would be candidates for the Ravens defensive coordinator job that's now vacant thanks to Mike McDonald getting the head coaching job in Seattle. Shefty diving deep, as always, with the information. Oh, God. Okay, guys, so uh, McDonald, at the tender age of 36, becomes a head coach. Uh, as Shefty said, he leaves a gaping hole there uh, with their defense, ranked number one in the NFL in many categories. Damian, how big of a blow is this loss to the Ravens? Yeah, Hannah, it's a big blow. I mean, when you talk about this Ravens defense, they were truly historic. Some of the numbers that they put up this year was just, just eye-popping. And so when you leave, when you have a gaping hole at the defensive coordinator spot, you know, for the Baltimore Ravens, you know, that it, it, it leaves a lot like who's going to be the, the replacement there. I mean, you're talking about, look at some of the games that this Ravens defense, how they handle some of the elite offenses that we've seen, whether we're talking about the Houston Texans, mm. okay, with C.J. Stroud, whether we're talking about the Detroit Lions, okay, with all the weapons that they have, the Miami Dolphins. It doesn't matter the scheme. It doesn't matter the personnel. They were able to really shut all of those elite offenses down, and, and that's mainly because of the, uh, the defensive prowess of Mike McDonald as a defensive play caller. Absolutely, and I think if I'm the Baltimore Ravens, I am going to err on the side of continuity. Anthony Weaver, who will be an eventual head coach, I know he's interviewed with the commanders. If he is still available, you would be privileged to have him as your defensive coordinator. There's another uh, candidate that I don't think was mentioned by Adam and Chris Hewitt, who is also in that building and is a defensive pass game coordinator. And the special thing about this defense is the way that they've mixed up coverage. They don't run a specific coverage, but would you watch what they did against teams like the San Francisco 49ers and they were able to confuse that Shanahan mm -hmm. offense for, you know, multiple turnovers and a blowout win on Christmas? You know, I, I think you still have the guys and the candidates there to make your defense really special. All right. Uh, speaking of the Niners opponents in the Super Bowl time for one more thing, guys. Travis Kelsey once again on the Pat McAfee show earlier today.
this year it was just a little bit uh, a little bit different. You know, we were just off uh, a tick here and there. Um, guys pointed at the wide receiver room. They pointed at, you know, how old my ass is getting. <laughs> um, they pointed at a few different things, and it's just uh, persevering through that. No one in our heart and our, in our minds, when we walk in the building, we see we have everybody we need to get back to the Super Bowl. Were we really that worried about the Chiefs Hawk? Yes, we were. But once again, they're peaking at the perfect time. How did they straighten out this wide receiver group? Absolutely. I mean, this is what you want. You, you, you put them through the ring and you put pressure on them that in the best moments, they step up and they've done that. And I will also say Travis Kelsey's 34 years old. That's my boy, but he is old. And that's okay. We're all old. That is that is the beauty. <laughs> Nothing wrong with getting old. <laughs> hey, I'm all for that. Do you want to? Yeah, listen, I think the mindset was no one's coming to save us. We got to get it done with the guys in the building. And they eventually figured it out. and They start playing their best ball at the right time. All right, no drops in the AFC title game, and you know it always comes down to Kelsey and Mahomes. My dynamic duo, thanks to the two of you, and Shefty as well. <laughs>